Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to heat things up for you here this morning. Try to try to deliver a little bit of relief from the global warming that you've been experiencing over the past three, four days here in Montana. John Jackson, the joker from Twitter. Normally he's with us on Tuesdays, but uh, he's going to come join us today because uh, tomorrow we got a special show coming for you. We're taking the show back out on the road. We're breaking out of the studios. I mean, why not? I mean, the, it's going to be like probably 40 degrees warmer uh, tomorrow compared to or maybe 70 degrees. Who knows? It's going to be a lot warmer tomorrow than it was uh, Saturday and Sunday, that's for sure. So we're going to be doing our show live from Warden, Montana. And uh, we're going to be at a, a cool new restaurant. I've heard this place is incredible. I heard they got some great beef there. On the Rocks is the restaurant in Warden. We're going to be there. We're going to have microphones open for you. So any of our listeners in the Warden, Shepherd. You know, Huntley, Ballantyne area, come on out and see us. We'll have the microphones open for you. Um, Nemont, Nemont Communications, based in Scobie, Montana. They've got a big announcement they're making when it comes to uh, to Internet capabilities, high-speed Internet uh, that, they're, that they're bringing to that neck of the woods. They've got a big town hall meeting uh, in Huntley. Uh, tomorrow night so that so uh, they're going to have folks with us to, to give you the big news tomorrow morning on the show we've got some other folks that are going to be with us and we'll have the microphones open for you uh, but today uh, we're going to have some open phones time uh, for sure but first i want to go right into the phone lines we've got carson sweeney who is the general manager for fergus electric cooperative on the phone lines uh, Carson, hey, thanks for, for kicking off the, the statewide show with us here this morning. I know your crews were out working hard over this weekend. Uh, uh, tell us, what happened? Yeah, Aaron, thanks for having me. Uh, serious cold temperatures uh, across the state. And uh, and yesterday, our uh, big portion of our members uh, had to endure a pretty significant outage in the, the Roundup, South Roundup area. Um, Fergus Electric Cooperative, we... We serve a big part of central Montana. Uh, we're in 14 different counties, so it might surprise some folks that we're down in the Roundup Muscle Shell area. But, uh, yeah, yesterday, just before 8 a.m., we had uh, some equipment in a substation uh, catastrophically fail at, uh, you know, lower than negative 20-degree temperatures, and, and our crews responded and and uh, spent the majority of the day trying to restore that power. We called in reinforcements from Northwestern Energy. Aaron? What a what a neat way to see some partnerships and collaborative uh, teamwork yesterday with Northwestern sent some of their experts out of Billings, helped us a ton restoring power for our members. Um, everybody was freezing. Our members were incredibly patient and kind. Usually, it's uh, it's easy to get on the negative bandwagon and and uh, start complaining about everything, but people were being proactive, helping each other. DES set up a warming shelter at Roundup. That community just really came together, uh, supported Fergus Electric. Our linemen worked all day trying to restore outages. And I can only imagine. I can only yeah. imagine the conditions they faced. Well, hold that thought, Carson. We'll come back to you right after this quick break here on the show. Yeah, I mean, we were uh, breaking cold weather uh, records all across the state over the weekend. Stand by. We'll talk to you. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. 
Yeah, so yesterday afternoon, I thought I had uh, whipped together a story for our Montana Talks website. I had, I had seen this via Twitter uh, that a, a Montana town was the coldest town in the entire contiguous United States. This was on Saturday morning. Chester, Montana at 59 below zero. But there were all sorts of records that were busted over the weekend. Uh, on Sunday, the National Weather Service office out of Caribou, Maine, uh, also shared that the coldest towns in the contiguous United States Sunday morning uh, was Haver, 44 below zero, and uh, 25 miles west of Opime, Montana. Apparently, they were both at 44 below zero. Uh, record low temperatures based on preliminary numbers were also set Sunday morning at the Bozeman, Dillon, and Haver airports, uh, all in the, you know, uh, 40, well, no, let's see, Haver's old record, Haver was at like uh, 45 below, or no, 44 below, Bozeman uh, was 35 below Sunday morning, and then Dillon, their old record was 23 below back in 1950. They were 27 below on Sunday. So that's just a look at some of the numbers that we saw yesterday. Uh, back to Carson Sweeney, the general manager for Fergus Electric Cooperative. Carson, God, just uh, crazy. I mean, when you're talking 59 below zero in parts of Montana, and that's not even counting wind chills. You were saying this wasn't just a normal electric power outage, you know, where a line might be down and crews got to go out and brave the 40 below to get the line restored. This was a whole substation uh, outage due to this cold. That's got to be a significant challenge to get a whole substation back up and running. Yeah, it was a real issue. It was just, just crazy cold temperatures and uh, catastrophic equipment failure that, uh, that it's tough to, you know, get back up and running under these cold temperatures um we called in reinforcements and asked for help with our partner at north russian energy and and everybody came together yesterday the, you know the ranchers and and egg guys it's this cold out it doesn't take long for a bunch of their their water to freeze up and and everybody was busy working and temp generators going and it was it was certainly a busy day all utilities i'm sure were busy yesterday with people working out braving the cold temperatures trying to keep the lights on for everybody yeah, and I, I know you gave a big uh, shout-out and thank you to your, your friends at Northwest Energy for, for bringing crews up to assist as well. And there's oftentimes you guys help them, they help you, and that's just the, the, the Montana way. Anybody else who wanted to say thanks to out there? Well, uh, you were just mentioning Chester. Uh, you know, Jim Vincent's the town manager up in Chester for Northwest Energy. I guarantee he was hard working uh, yesterday, keeping the lights on, all the high line. There's great people up there. Uh, um, make sure everybody stays warm and, and the Billings crew out of Northwestern Energy, uh, certainly helped us yesterday. You know, Aaron, we had, we had over 2,000 members out of power for, for 10 plus hours and, uh, we were trying to communicate on Facebook and keep everybody updated and, and, uh, just a lot of positive response. Everybody being supportive, helping each other, um, you know, supporting our linemen out there, braving the temperatures. They certainly had to fix wires down and somebody hit a pole yesterday and and it's the wrong time to be hitting a pole and it's minus 25 but we were able to get things going our guys uh um worked until about midnight last night and they're just starting to get back in the office this morning to hit it again 
They must have some great cold weather gear that you guys issue out there uh, to to be out there and and handling all that equipment and everything else. Well, Carson, thanks it's for calling in. And, yeah, thanks. Yeah, hard on equipment, hard on crews, hard on people, uh, everything. It's uh, it's insane. Well, thanks to you and your crews and everybody. And yeah, I I had heard when I was sharing some of these uh, cold records that were broken yesterday. I had some folks say, "Hey, we've got ranchers that are without power." Uh, you know, uh, near Roundup, et cetera. And, and so I went right to your Fer- Fergus Electric Cooperative Facebook page, and you guys were keeping people updated almost on an hourly basis. So I know people really appreciate that. They just, sometimes they just want to know what's going on and, and make sure that, that somebody knows what is, is working on it. Absolutely. The whole team was working yesterday. We were trying our best to keep everybody up to date. We don't always know, you know, when the lights are going to come back on. That was certainly the case yesterday. We spent all day uh, building that solution and uh and everybody was super kind and gracious to us and we sure appreciate it uh aaron thanks uh nice talking to you this morning appreciate it hey thank you thanks for uh, taking some time with us here this morning i know it was kind of a last minute request to, to see if you'd want to jump on the show with us so thanks for calling in great to chat with you all right for the rest of the hour we're taking your phone calls anything and everything you want to talk about here on montana talks 406 294 0970. Uh, John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, in the house with us here this Monday. Uh, John, Saturday morning, Montana Senator Steve Daines sent out this tweet. A bit chilly this morning. Sure could use a little global warming. <laughs> and the leftists on Twitter lost their minds. <laughs> oh, how dare you? Oh, you know, like... Like apparently pointing out that uh, that it's sixty below zero or forty four below zero in the Bozeman circumstance just what? triggers the left. Well, a couple of things about that. You know that fifty nine below in Chester, they were saying that is a lower temperature than has been recorded in Alaska this whole winter. That's the coldest temperature in the entire fifty states right now. And you're, if you look at that weather map of this, you know, big big scary polar vortex like they talk about, <laughs> is it's almost the entire United States. It's down into it's Texas. Into Texas yeah. It's like ten degrees in the panhandle of Texas. Yeah, well I, I saw Flint Rasmussen was joking on Twitter about because he was he's been down in Fort Worth, right? And uh, so he was joking about how it's really not that cold. You want because you know he grew up on the Rocky Mountain front. You want to see cold? Go to Shoto right now. But he was joking about it, and I saw quickly, man. Apparently, some Texas boys were circling him at the bar because he said, "Okay, but thirteen is cold for Texas. I will give him that. Thirteen is cold for Texas. That, that'll bust every water pipe in in the entire northern half of the state. You and I would be wearing shorts and flip flops if it was thirteen <laughs> above right now. So, uh, oh yeah, they say it would it would unthaw something, right? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I don't know about that. All right, uh, let's see. Terry in Scobie on the phone lines. Apparently, he's got an interesting story to tell us about illegal aliens. Stand by. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. The Disney family in Libby, Montana, they're listening in. Hey, great show today. Hey, if you get a chance, can you bring up this story? It's a Breitbart news story. 10,000 expected at tractor protest against German government as truckers join the rebels. Monday is to be the biggest day yet for German anti-government protesters as thousands of tractors and now truckers are expected in Berlin as the workers who keep society fed and clothed 
push back against the green agenda. So there you go, uh, John. Some more global warming news. We've been on the global warming tick here today. So, yeah, they're trying to shut down farms all across Europe in the name of global warming. I think so. just like you saw with COVID, you saw going through COVID that the lockdowns and restrictions um, and policies that they were doing in Europe was our future. They were ahead of us. And you see all of this global warming nonsense that they're putting into effect in Europe. That's what they're wanting to do here. Uh, Europe is probably a year or two ahead of us because they don't have things like the Constitution. And, you know, <laughs> so, you know, pesky things like that to get in their way. A lot of times their presidents and their prime ministers can just issue edicts and it's done. And we've got states that are as big as their entire country. Yeah. Too. So, yeah, yep, yep. That's our future. All that crap they're trying to do over there. What do you think they're doing at these global warbreak conferences? You know, just cavorting with hookers and flying on jets. No, they are planning all of this stuff that's going on right now. And the other stuff that you mentioned, too, and eating the steak and lobster that they don't want you to be eating. We the, That's what they're also doing at these World Economic Forum events that are kicking off here shortly as well. Well, I don't know if he's going to uh, drive his tractor, uh, you know, and then, then haul it on a ship over to Germany, but it's always great to get phone calls from terry and scoby sometimes he calls in from the tractor uh terry great to hear from you what's going on good morning uh nice balmy warm up here in scoby yeah what is it what what was it in scoby over the weekend i guess if you're you know you're not 15 miles west of opine but that's where it was 44 below we uh saturday morning we were 37 below uh sunday morning we were 39 below this morning it's 22 below but the wind is gusting to about probably 25 so yeah, the chill factor is a little low. Crazy. But yeah, it's well, it is winter in northeast Montana. I mean, never December happens. was beautiful. So yeah. yeah, we you know, it's all right. But no, I was talking to a family friend the other day, yesterday, and he's a he's a car dealer, uh, car salesman, and he was telling me that they've actually gotten letters from a couple major banks and Ford Credit itself that they can fund illegal aliens without a driver's license, without a Social Security number, and they will give them a loan for a car. And you know damn good and well that when those get defaulted on, the U.S. government's going to step in and have to, you know, bankroll these banks that these cars are, you know, probably, you know. And it kind of came about because another friend of mine is a long-haul hotshot. He hauls, you know, equipment around the United States. He was in Colorado in a town. His, his pickup broke down. An illegal came in with a Toyota that he had stolen on a test drive from Texas, and he blew the motor up by the time he got into Colorado, and he wanted it warrantied, and they looked it up, and he had stolen it, and they said something about police, and, of course, out the door and gone he was. But you know this is just going to snowball. Yeah, that's crazy. I haven't seen a news story about that yet, but, but sure as heck wouldn't surprise me if this is something that's oh, happening you right now. A news story about that, you know, they're they're going to keep that under wraps. But that's, you know, it's more our woke, you know, society, our woke banking industry. They want to help everybody out, or you know, and then the government, our woke government, will end up bailing them out. You and I. Yeah, especially the, the the big national banks, and you know, well, our, our our local Montana guys are just trying to you know help help ranchers you know stay in business in the midst of these devastating cold snaps, and you name it. You know, the, these big national banks they're they're basically they're under the thumb of 
of, uh, of the Biden administration. And then some of them are outright just pushing this woke agenda. Uh, Terry, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate yeah, hey, the heads up. Your, produce, your producer had a great idea. <laughs> he always does. All these EVs that everybody wants. Let's give all the EVs to the to the illegal immigrants and see how far they get. Man, I would have that thing broken down. I'd be selling the copper. <laughs> I'd be selling. It'd be like what? What were those movies back in the eighties, John? You know, when the, your your whole vehicle's on blocks. That'd be the EVs. They'd be stripped <laughs> down for parts, tires, everything. Well, every everybody. I don't needs... think they're strong enough to carry the batteries. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. All right, Terry. Great to hear from you. Everybody needs to understand something right now. We had a shot at maybe securing the border because we had leverage. We had leverage with the budget and also with money for Ukraine. But what our intrepid uh, brand new uh, speaker there, Mike Johnson, has done is given that all away. He's giving it all away, just giving the Democrats everything they want. So I'm telling you guys right now, watch it. This, this is uh, John Jackson's crystal ball. Over the next month or so, you will see absolutely nothing get done on the border. This, uh, everything you're seeing out there, the horror of the invasion of our country is going to continue without a stop. See, or, or as, as David Noble has, has theorized, do they come up with some deal and then just hope that everybody forgets about the, the 12 million illegal aliens that have flooded into this country. Oh, look, we secured the border. Let's just forget about the 12 million that already came in, uh, that, that that's what he thinks uh, Biden and Tester may do ahead of an election year. No, but Mike Johnson has already seen the Senate deal. Uh, and is saying absolutely not. But see, he can say that because he's not going to come back. He doesn't have any leverage anymore to make the Biden regime come to the table because he gave it all away to them. He completely caved. Well, and fundamentally, the, it is, the, the GOP majority in the House is so small that the speaker could be, you know, Mike Johnson. The speaker could be Chip Roy. The speaker could be Nancy and Roundup. But if you don't have the votes... You don't have the votes. Yeah, yeah, but Aaron, how, tell me, how many times do you hear Democrats say that that they <laughs> that they don't have the votes? They fall in lockstep. They get. Oh yeah, the votes. They make sure they get the votes. They yeah. get the votes. Yep, yep. But our side just oh, oh don't have the votes. Sorry, well, can't do anything. And we deliberately yeah. weakened the power of the Republican uh, uh, majority with the way that we designed the rules. And so it, again, it goes back to the big picture, which is which is. You know, we needed a larger uh, Republican wave. But but either way, no, I, I agree with you. I, they need to reject this spending deal. I think former Speaker Newt Gingrich was right. Don't take this deal. They've got to shut they've got to shut down the border here. Here's the deal, though. They'll say, well, if, if they press this fight, the government will shut down. So shut it down. The government is shut down. <laughs> if our nation is completely insecure with a wide open border, the government is shut down. The government is not doing what the government is supposed to be doing, which is protecting the, the sovereign borders of this nation. All you've heard about all, for how, how long the last year is democracy and our democracy and our <laughs> representative republic and all this stuff. Let me tell you something. What kind of democracy are we living in when one man, and that's Mike Judson, can go do side deals, backdoor deals with Schumer and McConnell. That's three men have just decided what the budget is going to be and how much money we're going to give to Ukraine and all this other stuff. Do you feel represented here, Aaron? Do you feel like Steve Daines and, and, and uh, Rosendale got any say in this? No, they did not. We're not represented at all. Well, I, I think they're having their say, but yeah, it's just, it's no, it's uh, we're seeing an outright invasion of this country take place. We are seeing 
seeing the destruction, the self-destruction of this country at the, at, at the hands of what they are shoving down our throats right now. It's, it's just crazy. All right, let's get to some more callers on the phone lines. Vince in Billings, what's on your mind? Thanks for the call. Well, hey. Hey. I told my nephew down in uh, Fort Worth, got to realize this is a dry cold, so it's not bad. It's a dry cold. I get told about his heat all the time, so I love the cold. And uh, <laughs> he uh, he didn't think that was so funny. But uh, when I showed him, it was 30 below here. Well, pro- we, we- I could see why. Remember remember the last time it got this cold down in Texas and they had all their pipes freeze and entire houses were just destroyed because of the cold snap that they weren't ready for? Oh, God. And what happened then? Right. Well, well, they became too reliant on wind power across the Midwest and oh. down into the South, and, and boom, they didn't have the power when they needed it the most. And because of the Green New Deal scam. And the wind, Texas was a leader in wind energy. Remember Enron? They, they were the big part of that scam. I think one thing that as conservatives, and I've been 65 being older, that we forget about with global warming is I believe that there is, there is climate change. I mean, we've seen it. Look at all our coal. Sometimes this, this state, this part of the country was a beautiful climate, and I think it probably do it again. Mother Nature will control that. But what we look at is we let them control the narrative that everything with global warming is bad, and you have to do all this because it's bad. It's going to kill everything. Look at the winters we've had, how much better our livestock has done, our crop growth up here, the, the advancement of, of the technologies that like like I'm looking at hydrogen energy right now. I mean that push has been really good for economics, let alone the environment. But we always tend to look at the bad side, and I think we need to to moderate how we look and get away from the goofballs and say, yeah, there's climate change, and let's take advantage of it. I like that. I like that. Get away from the goofballs line. Get away from the goofballs line. That's that's good. Yeah, the, the climate's obviously been changing for quite some time. Uh, Glacier National Park is called Glacier National Park, not because of the glaciers that remain, but because the whole place used to be covered in glaciers. So apparently the climate's been changing for quite some time. Do you remember that infestation of the pine beetles we had here? About, it's been about eight years ago here in Montana. Just destroyed, just wiped out. You know, oh, yeah. huge swaths of forest out west. Well, what they what I learned from some of the biologists out there is that you need this kind of bitter cold for at least a certain amount of time during the winter to kill these type of pests. If not, then they come roaring back on you in the summertime and then they just wipe out your, your forest. You know what the other thing you need? A chainsaw. <laughs> cut if the trees get the bugs, you cut the trees down. Ding 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 ding. Well, how'd you come up with that one, Cletus? Jeez. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it's climate change. Do they want to tell you they, they want to allow the problem to continue so they can blame climate change? You know what they did in the early 1900s when pine beetle outbreaks occurred near Libby, Montana? They cut the trees down. No more pine beetles. Funniest thing, Clark. You cut down the trees with the pine beetle. You don't have any more pine beetle. Well, well, golly, Gomer. This is where Montana talks at. With Lane Nordland. On Friday, USDA reported that winter wheat area planted for the 2024 harvest is estimated at 34.4 million acres at 6% below 2023, but 3% higher than 2022. Kansas and Texas, the two states with the largest acreage, 
are expected to be down 7 and 8 percent, respectively. Michigan and Utah were expected to plant a record low number of acres. Hard red winter wheat seeded areas expected to be 24 million acres, 5 percent below 2023. The largest drop in planted acres is in Kansas and Texas. Montana is expected to see a modest increase to 1.9 million acres for the 2024 year. Join the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. NCBA is the oldest and largest national cattle industry organization working to defend your interests in Washington, D.C. And there are big benefits to being a member. You'll get news you can use in the National Cattlemen, email updates in the NCBA Beef Bulletin, plus big discounts only for NCBA members. Join by calling 866-233-3872 or online at ncba.org. USDA has began accepting applications for the Continuous Conservation Reserve Program sign-up. Programs for ag producers and landowners interested in conservation opportunities for their land in exchange for yearly rental payments. Contact USDA for more. I'm Lane Northmont. This is where Montana talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, back into it. We've got the phone lines open for you, 406-294-0970, plus John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, sidekicking with us here this morning. In fact, uh, uh, John, we've got an applicant here. We've got somebody who wants a job at the FAA. So uh, we'll share that message with you here in just a second. First, though, I, I hope this caller is still on the phone lines. I know we wanted to get to him before the break there. Uh, let's go to Kevin in Billings. Kevin, thanks for the call. Yeah, Aaron, uh, I'm going to ask a stupid question here, but given the fact that I haven't had a whole lot of exposure to ranching, how in the world do ranchers survive this weather and how do cattle survive it? Hey, great question. Obviously, as a rancher, you've got to herd your cattle in this weather. How does that all work in this brutally cold weather? Yeah, no, great. You know, and I I could give a shorthand answer, but I will defer that to our listeners because I'd love to hear from so many of our listeners that are ranching in Weibo or Malta or parts unknown right uh so i'm gonna and, and in fact we've got the phone lines open right now if you're one of those people that when you call in ah, the phone lines are full because you know how many callers we get and you haven't tried to call in because you know the phone lines are usually full we've got some phone lines open for you right now so answer that question uh to kevin and billings for us uh yeah 406-294-0970 do you remember kevin do you remember uh now i know you're you're blind is that, is that i'm thinking of the right kevin here yeah, right that's right yeah yeah so you yeah. would have heard the paul harvey uh commercial that did, did you ever hear the the super bowl commercial where they brought where they where they re-aired Paul Harvey's um, So God Made a Farmer. Did, did you hear that? Or, yes. do, you, or do you remember they the Paul Harvey audio? the Dodge trucks, yes. Yeah. So what I loved about that Super Bowl commercial when they did it a few years ago, well, gosh, it's probably been seven, eight years ago now, maybe even longer than that, was they had these incredible pictures. And, and, and it was pictures of, you know, a farm family sitting at the table praying over dinner. And then there was the, the but the one picture I remember the most was there was a there was a woman and, you know, she had on the, you know, the, the hat with the ear flaps, you know, that go down because you're going to want that one for sure. Right. Travis has one, too. He grew up on a ranch in Forsyth. And 
And she had, I think she was, you could only see the handle of the shovel, I think. But what she was doing in that photograph, this photographer came out, and this, and she's a Montanan. And this, I think she was, if I remember right, I can't remember, there because there were, there were farm ranch families from all across Montana that were featured in that Super Bowl, Super Bowl uh, Dodge pickup trucks commercial at the time. But she was out there breaking up the ice. So, you know, the, the, the water out there on the ranch, you know, it ices up, but you still need water for your cattle. So she's out there breaking up the ice in the severe cold. And, and this photographer caught her in that moment. And I thought it was one of the coolest uh, images that went along with that Paul Harvey, So God Made a Farmer uh, video. Interesting. I want to bring up another topic real quick. Yeah, uh, go for it. The C word, COVID. Uh, the the Rona. Maybe you covered this. Maybe the cover. Uh, Montana Supreme Court sided with the Missoula School District and Missoula County that they were doing the right thing in mass mandates. This sets a bad precedent because now Montana can do what they want. If we get a governor in there like Steve Bullock or even uh, Greg John Forte, even though I think he's been a pretty decent governor let's hope he doesn't get bought off by anybody Uh, are these 11 parents going to take this to the supreme court do you think or what's going to happen there yeah so you're referring to this was a state supreme court decision i wasn't surprised by it uh where basically they didn't say they were they didn't say just to and this will slightly uh slightly differ um they didn't say that that these schools were right to you know shut down schools or to issue mask mandates but they said they were allowed to do it because of the the health threat etc um but we all know i mean we said it at the time and and we we've been confirmed right looking back is that we were right they were wrong but i think they knew it at the time it was all about control they they wanted to exercise control over the american people so that's why they issued these phony lockdowns and mask mandates and more um but uh yeah, I think it's a it's a bad ruling by the Montana Supreme Court, but uh, uh, but I, I yeah I, I doubt Governor Gianforte will ever cave on those lockdowns because when he came in, he brought that to a very quick halt. Uh, John Jackson, your thoughts and Kevin, thanks for the call. Yeah, as, as I've said before, that's why your vote for governor here in, in November is going to be so important because what they've got cooking right now, the Biden regime and all these blue governors is a climate emergency. They're going to declare a climate emergency in a new term and they're going to use that. They're going to declare that emergency and use that for all kind of business and personal lockdowns. And if you have a blue governor like we just got rid of in 2020, you're screwed. That's why you know all the, all the Montana voters out there, you have to get out and vote for Greg Gianforte this next time. Otherwise, we will be subject to all of that. You'll get locked down again. Your business will get businesses will get cranked down. I promise you they have got this in the hopper. This is in their crystal ball for a new term. Uh, let's see. Uh, related to this discussion, uh, there's a piece at the Federalist.com. Three big COVID whoppers Fauci confessed to Congress this week. It was written last week, so it makes it clear they were not following the science. That was point number one. Point number two, the vaccine mandates backfired. Look, even if you think they work, mandating and things does not work, and the mandates backfired. That's why, why I was so staunchly against mandates throughout. And then three, they denied the obvious learning loss in children as a result of their mandates. Uh, let's see. Real quick, this stood out to me. Actually, tied in with Kevin and Billings' phone call there. Um, 
I, I didn't know that. I've heard great things about Judge Dan Wilson. Dan Wilson is a candidate for Montana Supreme Court. And I've heard great things about him. I got to meet him in Malta when I was up there doing the show just before Christmas. Uh, seems like a great guy. I've heard great things about him. But this seems like a great reason to vote for Dan Wilson for Montana Supreme Court. Uh, James Trevino had a letter to the editor that caught my eye over the weekend in the Flathead Beacon. Uh, let's see. Uh, anyone remember when he opposed Governor Steve Bullock's mask mandate and the state's request to shut down five local businesses? He ruled for the businesses and against the governor. And that's right. I remember, you know, you know, there was a judge in Flathead County who said, no, you will not force these businesses to shut down. You cannot shut these businesses down. He, and he stood up and did the right thing. So it sounds like a great reason to vote for Dan Wilson for Montana Supreme Court. Well, they're in, like in rural North Carolina where my mother lives, you know, her church and her gym never shut down. Not once. And this is in the face of a Democrat, really, really bad governor there in North Carolina, Cooper. They just didn't shut down, and no one ever did anything about it because what are you going to do? You're going to come at, you're going to have the sheriff, an elected sheriff in rural North Carolina, going to come in and shut you down. They'd be out the next time there was an election coming up. That's what we needed more of during COVID was everybody always said, do not comply. Because what are they going to do if all of us stand up at once and say no? Yeah. You know, they don't do anything about it. Who would comply if they tried that nonsense ever again? I mean, uh, yeah, it's just crazy. Who would comply? Well, who will apply for the FAA? Uh, John, I know you're tracking this story from Twitter. Fox News has this headline. Credit to Libs of TikTok for sharing this via Twitter. FAA's diversity push includes focus on hiring people with severe intellectual and psychiatric disabilities. They are, they are literally, uh, their diversity push, they, are re they want to hire people with severe intellectual and psychiatric disabilities. What are, are, are they going to put that Sam Brenton guy, remember Lipstick Lex Luthor? <laughs> Lipstick Lex Luthor, yeah. Exactly, the, the transgender guy with the bald head and the women's dresses and the creepy mustache that was stealing women's suitcases. Maybe he's like the top candidate now. Uh, but anyway, um, Scott in, in the Billings area says he has always wanted a job with the FAA. So Scott says he identifies as a female transvestite with a physical disability. Maybe I have a chance. Oh, I also have mental issues. So where can I get an application? He's wondering where you can get an application. So. <laughs> you remember the classic show Breaking Bad? Um, oh, sure, yeah. What they showed in there, a very, very possible scenario. They had an air traffic controller in the show who had lost his daughter. Uh, his daughter committed suicide. So mm. in his grief, in his depression... He caused two planes to run into one another. And this is just a man having a, you know, a brief bout of grief. Horrific. Imagine yeah. somebody in those type of positions who's permanently mentally disabled. But, but John, the, the airlines are running great right now. I mean, uh, you know, there's, I mean, there might be a CEO with a few, a few uh, loose screws. But the, the loose bolts on the airline, grounding the fleet, ah, it's just a few loose bolts. Yeah, it's just one window. Nobody fell out. Nobody got sucked out Mayor, of the we airplane. Got, we got Mayor Booty Fudge on the case. He is oh. taking care of it. On top of it, just 
giving that as hard. He is hitting that subject as hard as he can hit. My goodness. <laughs> it's a good thing we got a break coming. <laughs> that, that reminds me. I This is why I never bring up... <laughs> This is why I never bring up the Secretary of Transportation whenever John's in the house. Cause, and I forgot to warn you guys, whenever the Joker from Twitter is here, it's the most unwoke hour of the week. So uh, somebody's going to get offended every time, every time, and it'll happen. So just uh, just grab those pearls because you'll be clutching them at some point if you haven't yet. All right, Tom and Hobson has an answer for Kevin. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative, they do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, I meant to joke with uh, John Jackson, the joker from Twitter. Uh, Kevin and Billings asked, hey, you know, for the ranchers out there, What's it like in this severe cold weather being a rancher? What do you, what do, you do? Uh, you know, he's just not too familiar, you know, even though, he's, you know, you're in Billings, right? And so, uh, so anyway, um, yeah, well, let me, look, I'll tell you what I was going to joke about in a second, but let's get to Tom and Hobson on the, fir- on the phone lines first. Uh, Tom, thanks for calling in. Uh, fifth cows um, do just fine at, at 40 below. They don't. They don't even really notice if they're fed and they got water. In fact, the University of uh, Michigan put a cow's body in a chamber and brought the chamber down to over 100 degrees. But she was a good fat cow, and she just sat out there with her head out of the chamber and just chewed her cut. So they're tough buggers. You go stand out there in your birthday suit. <laughs> <laughs> and and what email address do we send those photos to? Do we send those straight to you if we when we get our birthday suit photos uh, to you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little tougher on feed trucks and this and that this time here. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well. Thank you. Hey, thank we you. Had, we had uh, Friday morning 52 below zero at 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. And it, so the, the key part is just keeping the cows fed and making sure they got access to water. So that goes, that goes back to the breaking up the ice that I mentioned, uh, right? Yep, yep, yep. Well, you take care. Hey, you too. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for listening in, Hobson. Uh, John, what I was going to joke about, though, was... Uh, because uh, I know you like funny memes on on social media, uh, being the Joker from Twitter. So I, Monday morning, I just put a simple little line on Facebook, and I said, "I said we have lots to be thankful for. The sun is shining." And uh, and anyway, um, one of our listeners in Weibo, Montana, posted this meme, and it's uh, Jack Nicholas or Nicholson. I always forget. One's the golfer, one's the actor. But you know the movie The Shining. Oh yeah. So they've got the meme of him frozen stiff outside the hotel you know in the maze and it says well cows are fed <laughs> and then you're just stuck there you know stuck frozen so i got a kick out of that one well, the caller just said as long as they're fed and have water well now 
where do that what i'd like somebody to call in and explain is where do you have this water supply that is kept warm enough for them to drink at, at, at say 40 below you'd have to have that indoors as some kind of heated or do they have the heated tubs how, how do you keep that from freezing you know what, you know what john we are going to send you out you're going to be our field correspondent and the next time we get this sub-zero blast we're going to have a rancher agree to adopt you and we're going to give you a shuttle, a shovel, and we're going to send you out to break up the ice. I'm going to do the Les Nessman out there. The purporting live from Iraq. Yeah, that's right. There we go. WKRP. Uh, next up on the phone lines, let's see. We've got Gary and Billings. Gary, what's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for morning. taking my call. Um, last night they had a blurb about John Kerry. He's going to step down. How's there? Global warming guru. He he looked out and seen all the cold weather, and he said, "No, I can't do this anymore, so I'm leaving." <laughs> yeah, John Kerry is stepping down as the climate czar. Did you hear that one, John? I can't put a sense to that. That was his gig. That's been uh, F. John Kerry's gig there for how many years? I mean, it's it's the greatest gig in the world. He gets to spread communism throughout the world without any accountability because he's not actually in the administration. He gets to fly over the place in his jets and, you know, go to all the coolest places in the world. He's going to quit. Yeah, but see, the pay isn't as good. See, you know, you can be the climate czar and, yeah, you still get to fly around the world and, be the world's leading hypocrite when it comes to carbon dioxide, but the pay isn't as but good. But he's a ketchup gigolo anyway. Yeah, but it's what never enough. It's never enough for these guys. They're, he's trying to climb the ladder with his World Economic Forum buddies, and so, you know, he wants to do the Al, the Algor thing, where Al Gore can go around and make millions and build another beach house and build another mansion somewhere. They. They all want to be the biggest climate hypocrites, so they, they're all tra- they're always trying to one up each other. Well, it may be too because actually being the climate envoy, some of your stuff is discoverable. It's where the media and other people can actually get a hold of it and demand it. What he, you're right. Maybe he'll get a, a gig in this same area without it being like working for a private company where you can't request his expenses or his jet trips or any of that other crap. He can just do it in private. You you, you can't see any of it. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's see. Uh, uh, oh, we're getting really short on time. Let's go to Nathan. Uh, Nathan, thanks for the call. What did you want to uh, say in response to Kevin's question? Well, John was asking about water tanks and what we do. It's just one end is open, and then it's called a buried tank, and there's dirt on top of this tank, and that's what kind of keeps the heat in. And The end freezes, but uh, you still just have to – we just take an axe and chop it and then a pitchfork, and you can pitch that ice out. But it still freezes, but the water still runs. The ground basically insulates it underneath. Yeah. Yep. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And then snow, if you get some snow or throw that ice that is in the tank that was that you chop, you throw that on top and that kind of helps insulate it. But this wind is what's really bad. Oh, I t- I'll tell you what. It's like 30 miles an hour here. Oh, the wind is the worst. It's like, but it's funny. If you're on a boat in the summer, you don't care, you know, the force of air. But, man, the wind, it just, it'll ruin your day. It's crazy. But isn't it just a marvel of, of engineering that we can even live in a place like this and survive? It's just absolutely crazy.